0: Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers
1: that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. Uh, Earlier this year, I had the opportunity to visit Iowa Wesleyan University in Mount Pleasant, And I have to tell you that I was so impressed by uh, not only the reception that I received from the representatives, but the tour that I was given to demonstrate the history and the heritage of the university and everything that it has to offer. And that should not be limited to just me. So that this information needs to get out and be shared with others. And so uh, I am excited to have with us uh, today Meg Rickman and Derek Zander, both representatives of Iowa Wesleyan University. Thank you both for coming in today. Yeah, thanks
0: for having you us, Stephen. <laughs>
1: Let's start. Uh, we'll, we'll start just with introductions. If you could uh, say again who you are, the title that you possess at Iowa Wesleyan, and uh, the role that that enables you to do.
2: Sure. So, um- So as you said, I'm Meg Rickman. I serve as the vice president for enrollment, marketing, and communications. Um, So my position, um, like many at the university, kind of encompasses quite a bit of hats. Um, So as a small private college, you know, we tend to kind of um, oversee multiple things and collaborate on on many things. So, um, But mainly what I do is I um, oversee all of our admissions for our traditional day students, um, the retention of our students of our current body, um as well as all of the marketing and the communication efforts for the university internally and a lot of um externally as well too. So, um so yeah, works with uh, with many departments, obviously, um, pretty much touching all departments when you you know oversee the marketing department in particular and recruitment. so but very, very close um, working relationship with uh, with my colleague here, Derek. Um, and uh, so I'll let him introduce himself. So.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, and I think I'm jealous because I think her title is longer, longer than mine. Uh, but my name is Derek Xander, and I serve as the vice president for advancement in athletics. So I oversee our 18 intercollegiate athletic programs, uh, game day management, all things that it's is under the umbrella of the athletic department. And then I also see, uh, serve over as the vice president of advancement, which I oversee fundraising, uh, alumni engagement. Uh, similar to Meg in, th- in terms of external relations and, and things like that. So glad to be here. Wonderful. Now in my travels, I have encountered several
1: Wesleyan universities around the, <laughs> er, around the area. I've, I've seen, been by Indiana Wesleyan, Illinois Wesleyan, Iowa Wesleyan. Is there a connection between all of those or are you separate?
2: At, at one point, way back in the history, there probably was, for majority of those, a connection. So um, so for, for some of them, no. For some of them, yes. Yeah. So it just depends. Um, so we still, um, for our university, we are still part of the, the United Methodist Church, um, where that Wesleyan name comes from, from John Wesley. So I think that um, many of those schools probably at some point had that connection, and many of them have change that, but not change their name. So, so it depends, you know, so some of the schools we are connected and some of them aren't, but that Wesleyan name definitely is very well known across the country for sure.
1: Okay. And, and this particular campus in, in Mount Pleasant, how long has Iowa Wesleyan been here?
0: Ooh, you're gonna put me on the spot I there. may correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 1842. Yep. If I'm accurate. We're at
2: 181 years now. Yep. (laughs) And we
0: are the oldest institution west of the Mississippi as well. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So that just explains a little bit of the of the history that we have here in Mount Pleasant and at Iowa Wesleyan.
1: Okay. And is there something about Iowa Wesleyan that uh, distinguishes itself from other colleges? Like any anything in particular that like we are mostly known for this?
2: Um, you know, I think that a college that's 180 plus years old, um, you know, there is obviously something that has continued. There's a reason that it's still in existence, and and that it's still still here. And we have been a small private college um, educating um, men and women in the 1800s. Um, we have educated. Uh, many types of international students, uh, blacks. We had um, a very diverse history in educating all types of of people. And I think that that is one thing that while that may feel like that's, you know, oh, it's just known, everyone just kind of diverse campuses. Not really. I mean, if you look at Iowa Wesleyan University, um, we are in a small town of 8,500 stupid people, um, a rural community, and we are <clears throat> over 50% ethnic diverse. That is unheard of um, in a small community like that. So I think our diversity, our acceptance, our willingness to welcome all has been kind of our trademark and our kind of what we've known for um, over these years. There certainly have been um, certain programs that have come out that have been well-known, particularly our biology department. We've had a very rich history in uh, along the works of, um, you know, Peggy Whitson, who is an astronaut that many people in Iowa obviously known and, and well known for, um, that is an alumni of ours and a very strong biology program over the years. And then the other thing that was unique to us that kind of put us on the map um, back in the I don't know, it would have been the, probably around the 1960s, was service learning. And you hear about service learning now. Service learning is very common on college campuses where you're taking what you're learning in the classroom and you're taking it out, providing a service, coming back and reflecting on what that is. We were the first college to do that in the 1960s. That was not heard. We we pretty much created that. So those are kind of the things that, I mean, if you think about like the history side, if there'd be more that you would recommend or think about too, Derek.
0: Yeah, I think uh, most recently... Uh, the mission of our university has really been focused on educating first generation students. That's something that we've continued to grow over 62% of our students are first generation first in their family to attend college and get a bachelor's degree. And me being a first generation student, I take pride in, in who we're recruiting and who finds us and elects to attend uh, Iowa Wesleyan. And when you look at the higher education landscape and how everything's shifting, in terms of, uh, a lot of people are starting to devalue the value of a four-year private institution. Uh, the number of high school students graduating from high school is declining, so you, everybody's trying to find their niche. And we think that as the demographic cliff in two thousand or yeah two thousand twenty-six approaches mm-hmm. the university, that our success and history of who we served as students will aid us in continuing to be successful.
1: So it sounds like that is intentional rather than coincidental in terms of attracting first-generation, attracting a lot of uh, foreign
2: yep.
1: foreign students. Yep. Yeah.
2: I would say it's underserved populations more than that. Okay. I think that that's been something that um, we just decided to just claim it rather than question it, right? Yeah. Um, so now we're leaning into it um it's something that we have in this you know administration with this president really really put our arms around and put some strategy behind um because it is something that it's either they're finding us or it's just where students how they excel at our college we have a lot of support systems we're very um, personal and we're very particular about how we engage with students through their academic career. And so, those students who are underserved populations, students that might need a little bit more guidance, structure, support—they do really well for a for a small college in, in, in Mount Pleasant. So, so uh, yeah, I think we've leaned into it, and I think we really own it, and we we're proud of it. Yeah, for sure.
0: And a lot of that has to do with uh, you know we're talking about recent recent initiatives, the development of our student success center where our our that department is solely focused on the support of our first generation low income diverse campus population and we've had some success with some of our retention rates and that's obviously the outcome that we're looking for mm-hmm. but more importantly it's it's being there for those students and making sure that they have the resources necessary to you know balance the the changes that are occurring in their lives at this point yeah. in time yeah.
1: how, how are you successful in reaching out so broadly? Because obviously, you know, a large college, a large university has a large alumni network, and so you can tie into a that. A
2: big, adva- you know, marketing budget. Sure, <laughs>
1: that helps. Yes. <laughs> so to be able to be yeah. successful in, in attracting from so far away, what what is your uh, what, yeah. what's your method?
2: Well, I think it's a, a few things. Um, I will be honest, I think that um, especially for first-gen students and some of what you know, the type of students that might find comfort in our institution, athletics and activities is a big deal. It is their path out of um, maybe some really difficult and challenging parts of their life. It is the people in their life, those coaches, those mentors that help guide them that we are able to take on and continue that they've had in high school and and through their life. So athletics is definitely a player, and you know seventy percent of our campus are student athletes, and that is a beautiful and wonderful thing. Um, so that is one piece. The international that you spoke of, yes. it is significant, but that's very been very strategic too. Our colleague uh, Dr. Dwayne Frazier, um, our university provost. I mean, he has got a, an immense background in international recruitment, and he's done a great job of just connecting us with certain. Um, partners to help create that, but yet not make it where it's just become that, right? You don't want to also come on campus and feel like, you know, there's only international students there. It's a fine balance. But we do have um, nearly 40 cu- uh, countries represented on our campus. Currently? Currently. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, it is amazing. You can talk and, and and visit with students from, I think it's 39 to be exact, 39, 39 countries yeah. on our campus at this moment this fall and there's, and that's only about 120 students. So it's, I mean, it's not like it's, you know, a 50% of our, you know, our, our enrollment by any means, but it is a beautiful culture to be part of. And so I think a combination of those two and really, really diving into Iowa. We have, um, we have increased our Iowa attendance enrollment in the last three years um, significantly. Um, I'm, I would say it's probably gone up about 60 percent. And that's been very specific to talking to students who want to stay in this region, who want to be part of this uh, campus, this experience, and just getting our kind of where it used to be. At least when I came, it was kind of like you didn't really boast about it enough. Like we've been here 180 years and nobody's talking about it. Why is that? So really trying to be aware of the things like this, you know, like you're, you're recognizing, like, why is anybody talking about this? Right. So trying to be a little bit more um, conscious about just getting out there and letting people know we're here to help. Um, and then eventually we'll get to, I do want to get to the, um, the Alliance with Southeastern Community College. I think that's a whole nother thing we want to talk about, but I yes. don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add to
0: this. So no, I would, I would kind of piggyback just on the, the athletic side that when, when, individuals think about think about education they think about what's taking place in the classroom in terms of learning one of the things that i'm passionate about which is why i think we're successful in you know in our enrollment strategies and those types of things is we focus on the education and learning that takes place outside the classroom so through athletics what can we teach our students that's going to help them be successful at that time but also when they graduate and they go on and they have to make decisions on finances or you know professionally you know their careers and and those types of things
1: you're engaging in life skills yeah yes. and, and
0: it's through and no one really i think maybe they they might understand it but they really don't they don't comprehend what's actually happening when when you think about a team and how you're managing um you know getting up at 6 a.m and going to weight room and then getting you know getting that taken care of and then you're going to class and then you're having lunch, and then most of our students are trying to fit in a nap at that time. <laughs> and then you've got your no- another practice, and then you've got dinner and then study hall. There's things that you learn in terms of managing your time or overcoming adversity.
1: Time management has to be critical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or communicating with teammates, coaches, You know, learning those types of skills that will help you be beneficial or be successful in life. Yeah. Those are just as important as what's taking place in the classroom. And I think making sure that that's understood that moms and dads know that when you're joining Iowa Wesleyan, yes, we're going to focus on what's taking place educationally in the classroom, but we're also going to we're going to teach them how to make smart decisions on Friday night. Or if not, if anything, they're going to learn how to how to prioritize. You know what's going to put me in the best situation and what might lead me astray. So I think that's something else that's important yeah. as well. I think, I, th- you know. I
1: think that's excellent that you bring that up, Derek, because I think a lot of people might have just misconceptions about the depth and breadth of an athletic program and that Mm -hmm. it's just limited to sports, but the athletic director, the coaches, they have a vested interest in the success of that student athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, And so not to focus solely on what they do on the field, but also in the classroom. And like you say,
0: outside of campus and when there's other important life decisions to come up. And it's, it's easy to, you know, get that vision in your mind when you turn on the TV and you see university of Alabama, football, right? That that's a revenue generator. So everybody associates football with money yeah. or this big time experience and although we may not have those resources or the 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 support that they might have, we take pride in what we're doing and we think, you know, we think we provide a big time experience on our campus. It might be different, but it's still big time to our kids and it's big time to our community and and I know Meg, we were just talking about it on the way down mm-hmm. here that just the growth that we've been able to see not only in competitive success, but we're proud of what our athletes are doing in the classroom. We had a 3.3 cumulative grade point average as a department. That's, a, that's a, a department of about 430 student athletes. We had the number one ranked GPA for softball in the entire NAIA, number two ranked GPA for the women's basketball program. So it's those types of things that we're more proud of. Although winning matters, right? Yeah. We, we certainly want to win. But it's, we're, we're, we're trying to develop, develop a holistic student, not just an athlete. Is there a certain
1: um, athletic – is there a certain sport that stands out more than others
0: at Iowa Wesleyan? This is going to be longer than 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think we have a
0: few that we're really proud of. I think first and foremost, our women's basketball program um, – the the success the, the success that they have on the field and in the classroom is you cannot compare any other program to them uh, that's largely part of who our coaches and that's Steve Williamson I think he has roots in Burlington yeah. as well too I think his mother in law owns his wife, yeah. mm-hmm. um, a Lips to Go yep. here in Burlington so okay yep mm-hmm. but uh, really good program our women's wrestling program uh, we had a national champion last year uh, within our program so really excited about that. Our men's basketball program is turning it around. We've had some success football, so really, you point to one, I would say, you know, women's basketball. But all of our other programs are growing; uh, they're getting better, and yeah,
1: excellent. Yeah. No, that's excellent. <clears throat> well, Meg, <clears throat> excuse me why don't why don't we talk about that uh, partnership with yeah. SCC right now? Because yeah. I know that would speak directly to drawing in more yeah. Iowa students, absolutely, and keeping him, keeping them here in the yeah. area.
2: You know, the the real, if you look at kind of the big picture of this, uh, there's a, a couple kind of big pieces that I think are really important. The first and foremost is the purpose of the Alliance really is to provide an opportunity and an awareness of what is all available to students of all ages, in this region, right? It's it's coming together and, and, and kind of throwing away the, oh, these are my students, these are your students, you know, that competitive edge that even in a community college and a private college could naturally have because you're looking at the same students in your backyard. And it's saying together collectively instead, let's talk about pathways. Here are all of your options. You could start at SEC and get your two year be done. You could you could start at SEC and then after your two year, transfer to IWesling through this alliance very seamlessly and get your BA and then go on to a master's if you want. And it's also just trying to let them know that we're here for them, no matter what their individual circumstances, whether that be their educational, you know, path, their financial path, their, you know, maybe their family. I have a lot of students that have to, you know, stay close to home because they work for their family business. And so that option of just going up to Iowa City or or going to another college somewhere else is just not there, but they're looking for the avenues that what makes sense for them. And so it's breaking down those barriers and to say collectively as two institutions, we're still separate institutions. We still operate separate. But for the better of this region, we really pull our resources together and um, we talk in a way of this is a system that you can enter and we can help you kind of navigate through. And I love it. I think it's a beautiful gift that we as a higher ed institution can give to a region that um, that really, I think, needs to have those avenues to for all types of students, whether they're adult learners and and whether they're seventeen year olds.
1: Was that a hard sell?
2: You know, I think it's so um, I think it was it's so easy, but yet I'd say it was a hard sell because it's so unique, right? Anytime something like you're like, oh, well, you're going to come together and make this. Yeah, whatever. I don't believe you. You know, or why would we do this? And why all that? And so I think the big picture wasn't. It was kind of clear, but then trying to get it together and let and letting people understand. And we're still in that phase. I mean, we're. I think as as an organizations, we're still trying to figure out all of the touch points and where yeah. we can create this, and um, and that it just is going to take time to evolve and grow. Um, but I think from like the board's view, it didn't feel like it was a hard sell once we kind of laid it out. It was like, well, that's a no brainer, right? I mean, because it's really, it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, if we can get more students at SCC going through that program and going on to a bachelor's that is a beautiful thing right right there we're just increasing the educational knowledge of people giving them a, a opportunity to earn more in their lifetime to to have more doors open for them i think that's a that's a win win at the same time if students decide i want to go in a four year and and run in a four year experience we're here for you, too. You know, yeah. so it's just trying to make sure that instead of coming at it as, you know, you choose us, one or the other, it's choose a pathway and we'll get you there. And maybe you're going to go back and forth a little bit, too. We even have a little of that going on. Yep. We've got a wrestler who's taking, who's an iWesleyan four-year student, wanted to be, a, I mean, is a very, very good wrestler. So he wanted that experience that, you know, of being a, 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 a an AI wrestler. But he is looking at, is it which program at SEC? Automotive. Take? Automotive program. So we have created a little bit of a back and forth with SEC where he's going to get his automotive certificate that he wants, but he's going to end up with a bachelor's degree really? and a probably a four-year letter winner for wrestling. Yeah.
0: And he's, yeah, he'll start at his weight class this year, which is which is really exciting. The other piece, too, that about this alliance that I think is important to mention is just the economic and community development opportunities that exist within the system. So Meg spoke about a two-year SEC tr- student transferring into Iowa Wesleyan, getting their degree. Well, the the kind of the end cap of that would be for them to then be employed in Southeast Iowa. Yep. Oh yeah. Because then we're educating our own, and then we're using our own to staff workforce in Southeast Iowa. So that's that's a big piece. Yeah. So one of the things that we're also working on is just trying to continue to meet with local businesses, get in front of them, talk with them about what. What do they need in their employee so that SEC and Iowa Wesleyan can then on the front end be proactive and through that course of their education, make sure that they're learning those skills necessary to be able to step in as soon as they graduate from Iowa Wesleyan, go directly in the workforce. And then we know that we want to keep the Iowa nice folks in Iowa. So (laughs) as long as we can continue to do that, I think we can really continue to grow.
1: Well, to me, it just... Makes sense on a geographic basis if Mm -hmm. nothing else because you're only like what 25 miles apart from each Mm -hmm. other so Mm -hmm. it's not like it's this grand relocation that would have to take place I mean you're so you're so close to each other so to me it just makes sense that you would want to have that Symbiotic relationship. And it's
2: been kind of fun because while it's it's not big numbers, we've been doing student life e- events together. Yeah so, since we kind of started this a year and a half ago or so. And so we've had different events where our students come here for you know a dodgeball tournament. Our you know, SEC students come to our campus, you know, for intramural, you know, game or a cup outing or something that we've mm-hmm. done different, you know, competitions, or even come over and do one of our events. You know, we had homecoming, we had a homecoming dance, and SEC students came over for it. Because as long as they're starting to develop relationships, all of a sudden that comfort level comes down too. where it's like, oh, well, if I decide to go, I could just go to my, you know, through the system and go over to iWesling, which is 20 minutes down the road. And some people, you know, choose to even stay in, in Burlington and live in Burlington and go in, and do that thing. You know, yeah. they want to come live on campus. That's great. If not, you can commute. And it's very, very common. So I think just breaking down those barriers, too, of, of just, you know, again, talking in that way that this is just a system that you can enter and you can go in different directions through it and we're here for you. And we've got a staff person who who works full-time in the Alliance, and she is meeting with every student that wants to learn about it. So she's on the Keokuk campus, she's on the West Burlington campus, and she's on the Mount Pleasant campus every week. And she's just talking with students and helping them kind of find that path that they need to take.
1: You're a small campus, so at first blush you would think that you'd be more of a commuter campus, but then with the number of international students, You know, you've got to house them as well. So do do you have like a percentage breakdown between commuters versus residential? Yeah, we're
2: still really highly residential. So, And and I think uh, for us, that will always be the case. The commuter side has grown a little bit because partly the alliance, because we're getting more students locally who already have roots here, who don't necessarily need housing or want to. um, They've already been living on their own. Um, but we still get a, I mean, majority of our students, 85% of our campus is, is residential. So yeah. we're housing, you know, 550 students on our campus. Um, and, and part of it, too, is um, even... The students that are choosing that four-year experience, part of it is living away from mom and dad, right? <laughs> even if they live in Mount Pleasant, some of them are like, "I'm done living in the house. I'm sure. going to campus," so they want that, and others oh, oh, yeah. choose not to. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. you know, I think that that's part of it, and we like that. I think that's an important element of the campus is to kind of have that transformational experience of, you know, a lot for a lot of the students, especially first gen, and, and even non-first gen. I mean, I think making. Falling and making mistakes, but in a safe environment, is yeah. a good thing to learn at that age. You know, I mean, just you know, understanding that it's not life-altering, but it's also a lesson learned, and we can create that for them.
1: No, I I can agree with that because I I where I went to college, I was about an hour away from where I lived, but <clears throat> I lived on campus, and it was such that was the maturing experience mm-hmm. for me because yeah. I grew up a lot. And yeah. I was very thankful that I had that experience
0: to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, you learn a lot about yourself when you're put in those situations. And I want to piggyback off of what Meg just said—that when 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 we're dealing with parents and we're dealing with students in the recruiting process, when I was a coach, and I'm and I know some of our coaches, you know, do this now, but if you if you're going to fall on your face and you're going to learn the hard way, I want you to do that to where I can help you. Mm-hmm. I can be there to help support you, and that goes back to just the you know, that campus awareness of that, although we may be in this department, working in this department, we're all responsible for the success of that student. And just making sure that our students are aware of that, that you may fall and and fail, but we'd rather you have that so we can pick you back up rather than you having to figure it out the hard way.
1: Well, and again, an advantage too, is that because it is small, your student to teacher ratio Mm -hmm. is excellent as well. So, the students are going to get that attention and they're going to get the care that they may not at a larger school. Right.
2: And, and I mean, they're they're going to probably get a text from their faculty if they didn't show up in class be like, hey, I missed you, or, you know, little things like that, or, you know, they run into them in the lunchroom and be like, hey, why weren't you at class? everything okay? And it's usually come from that first. Is everything okay, right? Because, I mean... The, You know, the mental health crisis is very evident right now. It's evident across the entire country. It is probably the most evident for our 17 to 22-year-olds because it is just, I think, a very hard time. They have been put through... Really challenging times for so being so young, we're seeing it really hit college campuses very hard. So we really want to make sure that sometimes you need a break, and we get it. But we're here for you to kind of bring you back in and make sure that you're you're keeping up with what you need to keep up with. And we've got a really strong system on our campus to identify students who um, you know need that kind of maybe a little early alert that we're seeing. There's a there is a pattern here where they're not showing up or doing things that are unlike them that we can trigger those really easy and put the supports around them and and help them through. And I think that that's, as a parent, that is, I think, one of the most crucial things. If I'm going to send my kid somewhere to college that somebody's going to recognize the things that I might recognize or maybe not recognize that they need something that they're not going to raise their hand for. So um, I think between coaches and, and our faculty and staff, um, and then just, you know, res life staff. I mean, they're all trained to really deal with this right now yeah. um, because it's important.
1: We've, we've got a couple of minutes left. You've talked about everything that's wonderful about the school. With that, obviously, there has to be some challenges that go along with it. So what is it that the listeners need to be aware of, uh, of any challenges mm-hmm. that you're facing and that for us to be aware of and maybe avenues or opportunities to assist? Sure.
2: I think the challenges are are, are obviously um, they're there. Um, I think the the biggest one we have is there is I think a big shift that is happening with where students and what they're thinking of doing post high school since the pandemic and even a little bit before of what is the value of a four-year or a two year even at this point you know do I just jump into the skills do I and I think that that helping understand that value and communicating that value of, education. Whatever level education it is, education is the key, and and it always will be the key. I mean, it doesn't mean that it has to be a four-year doctorate or whatever, but making sure that our youth understands that education is part of their life, and it's a lifelong learning opportunity for them. So for us, there is a demographic cliff that's coming. We all know it's here. It's coming. You know, the number of, you know, high school's age students are dropping um, significantly here, um, coming up in the next five or six years. So our enrollment is, you know, it's always going to be, I think for us, um, as a small institution, we're trying to grow to a thousand students until we hit that financially. It is a really, really challenging time. Um, you know, as a, as a private college, um, the, what there's, what basically what the national numbers will tell you a selective large institution, they're going to be fine. What's going to really be affected and what is being affected right now are the small, rural, private colleges that are not as highly selective. That's IOSing to T. And so making sure that people know that we need the support, we need people to come and and be part of what we're creating, part of our strategic plan that we're working on right now to grow the institution in unique ways. And, and the alliance was one of those things that came out prior to COVID. And I'm so glad it did because it really is a unique way of thinking, but really making sure that there is a commitment to understand the importance of this economic driver here in in Mount Pleasant in Southeast Iowa. So what else would you add? Uh,
0: The only thing I would add is that when, when I Wesleyan and SEC got together to discuss this partnership, one of the main focuses was just the overall cost of a university and or of, of a education, excuse me. And the, one of the things I just want to put out there that if you're a, a high school student, or you're an SEC transfer, and you th- that's one of the things you're working worried about is the cost. When we put this partnership together, we put it together in a way that you can get, you can go through two years of SEC, two years of Iowa Wesleyan for the same cost as you would as a regent. So Iowa State, Iowa, or Upper Iowa.
2: You and I, you and I, excuse me, yeah.
0: for the same price. So I, I would just you know, Push that out there that if you're interested in it, um, we are an option. We're a local option where we think you could be uh, successful and we have the sports that can make you successful.
1: Absolutely. So uh, as we close, how do people get a hold of uh, folks at Iowa Wesley if they want to learn more about the, the school and everything you have to offer?
0: I would say just reach out to either one of us. Our contact information is on our website uh-huh. or you can go to iw.edu. Okay. And you can find out all of our uh, contact information, or follow us on Facebook, yep. all our social Twitter, media. Yeah. Instagram, yep. probably TikTok yep. out there as well. <laughs>
2: yep, wherever wherever <laughs> it is, we're there.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Yep. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come here and and share all things Iowa Wesleyan with us. So. Derek Xander, Meg Rickman, thank you very much. Continued success. And we we hope to see those numbers grow. And when we have you back, you can talk about all those successes that hey, we hit the thousand. And- <laughs> That's right. We look
2: forward to that. Yeah, we really appreciate this opportunity.
1: Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you all listening to us today. And don't forget to like and subscribe. All things greater Burlington. Give us a call at our office if you have someone that you would like us to interview and learn more about. And we will definitely take care of that. But in the meantime, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on All Things Greater Burlington. You have been listening to All Things Greater Burlington with Stephen Brody. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes. To learn more about All Things Greater Burlington, visit greaterburlington.com
0: slash ATGB.